Well, we're glad uh, all of you are here today, and if you're visiting, we're glad that uh, you're here. Love to talk to you afterwards, and uh, you know we're continuing a series on trying to understand earthquakes uh, in the Bible and what that means, and we're going to look at the Book of Amos today, and hopefully get it to where we can under, understand it on, on our level. You know, you ever look at the Bible and, and we get intimidated. We can't really understand all like we'd like to. It always reminds me every time I'm with, uh, with my dog, I always call her my puppy, but when I'm with my dog and she doesn't understand, you know how she just, your dog just turns your head, you know? And uh, that's how I feel sometimes about the Bible. You know, another thing too, I've never seen a cat do that, you know, just for your, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> If you're visiting with us today, I have a thing about cats, so I just want you to know that. So, <laughs> you know, it was really bad. Some of you just to get back at me. You for whether it's my birthday or Christmas, even at Easter, you got to send me a card with a cat on it and put a little thing on it. You know, <sighs> boy, bad. Anyways, when we get when we get to the Bible, it's like we it, we're all like that. It's hard in some places to understand. And I believe we do just do a little bit of a study that the Lord really can reveal that to us. And um, it doesn't take much time, but you've got to let the Lord speak to you. It's like yesterday, I was, I was at a certain place yesterday, the day before, and someone came up to me and uh, for some reason, another found out knew I was a pastor from somebody else that in this place of business. And and they started talking to me. And, and for the next, really, almost 15 minutes, I just, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, just the whole time. And I feel like we're that way with the Lord in many, in many ways. It's just like we got to go to the Lord. we got all these problems. We've got everything that's happening. And it's just like the Lord's going to hear. He's going to listen to us. But then where does the answer come in? We, we've got to hear from him. And then, the, and then the angle of that is the devil says, well, you know, uh, you, you just can't figure that out, you know. So then we don't even pick it up and read it. Here's what I want to challenge you and encourage you with. I always say this. If you have a Bible, we have a message Bible here. Uh, or we, I preach out of the New King James. But we all also have a message Bible. If you like that, if you don't have anything else, you've got your Bible and a message Bible. is more like for today's language. If you have both of those, it, it's amazing how uh, it, it can really help you. And I tell other people one other thing which is so important about the Word, that there's something that you don't understand about God's Word because we're looking at, at earthquakes in the Bible and trying to figure it out, and now we're going to look at this prophet called Amos and what's he doing, what's that all about. It's so amazing if you have a smartphone or you go to your computer and you don't understand something, all you have to do it's just, it's amazing. Just punch it into Google about whatever it is in the Bible, and, and it'll give you like four or five different uh, backgrounds or illustrations. So what I'm sharing with you today is that this word, God's word, he's made it to where, especially in today's world, to where we have the opportunity to, and, and the privilege to understand it easier than ever. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful today for your word and Lord, as we learn from Amos, Lord, even where we're at today in our society, how that we need to listen to you and we need to be so grateful for what you've done in our lives and at the same time what you're doing in society. We need to watch, that we need to be aware. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to look at Amos chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. But, you know, when you ever read a book of the Bible and, it's, and it has a person's name in the front, you think, well, who, what's, what's that about? Who's that person? What's they're all about? Let me give you just a little background about who Amos is and so you'll, you'll understand uh, more about this, this book and, and in the message today. Amos was, if you would say he lived on the outskirts of town, uh, had his four-wheel drive in the barn, or his four-wheeler in the barn, and uh, his, his, uh, all his fishing gear and everything else. This is the kind of guy Amos was. He lived out in the country, and he was a shepherd. Same time, he, the Bible says he picked figs. He did all different things out in the wilderness. That's who he was. And here's something interesting. The Lord would call him a prophet, but he wouldn't call himself a, a, a prophet. And the Lord was using him even though he was just, that he said, just a shepherd, just this person. I want you to know today, no matter what you do as a living, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background is, no matter who you are, the Lord wants to bless you and use you right where you're at. Right where you're at. He's gifted you to do whatever it is. I don't care whether it's driving a truck or you work in the banking industry or you're a nurse or a doctor, whatever it might be, the Lord wants to use you right where you are. And I so believe one of the tools the devil has used today is say, well, you know, I'm not a pastor, I'm not this or that, so, you know, I really, I, I, I guess I can live a certain way, but I can't be as effective as I could. No, it's not true. This guy's got a, a book of the Bible named after him. He's in the Old Testament. I mean, he's, he's in this. And yet he considered himself, he was just a, a sheep herder from Tekoa. That's who he considered himself to be. But I want you to know today, no matter what you are, who you are, what you do, you're so valuable to the Lord, and he has an incredible plan for your life. Right where you're at today, not tomorrow, he wants to use you. He knows that we can be effective for his kingdom. Amos chapter 1 and verse 5, the Lord uses him as a prophet, and he's prophesying what's going to happen to Judah and also to Jerusalem. The words of Amos, who was among the sheep breeders of Tekoa, which he saw concerning Israel. Okay, so he has this vision in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah, in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the earthquake. So here's this guy that is basically like you and I, and the Lord gives him this vision. And when he has this vision, he's going to go get on his four-wheeler, and he's going into town. He gets off of it, and he starts telling everybody that he can, there's a great earthquake coming. Here's why it's coming, and here's what you need to do. As he starts to prophesy and he tells all of the people that, that what is going to happen, this is how it begins to speak. He starts talking about all the nations that surround Israel and Judah and Jerusalem. And he starts saying, the Lord's going to do this and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And you know what? They're all like, yeah, you know, go get, you know, the Lord needs to go after and get all the wickedness in the world. And this is what he says. The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem. 
The pastors of the shepherds mourn, and the top of Carmel withers. Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions of Damascus and four, I will not turn away its punishment. In other words, there is judgment coming. Because thou have threshed Gilead and implements of iron, but I will send a fire unto the house of Azel, which shall devour the palaces of Ben-Hadon, and I will break the gates and the bars of Damascus, and cut off the inhabitants from the valley of Avon, and one who holds the scepter from Beth-Eden. The people of Syria shall go captive to Kerr, says the Lord. Now, he continues to go on and say all this. And they're like, yeah, go, you tell them, you tell them, you know, what's going to happen to this nation and that nation. And he says, this is so important. He says this, I've waited and waited and waited. But you know what? They've gone so far, three and four and five times. They continue to go against me. I have no, I have to carry out my judgment. I want you to know that, that God is a gracious God. And I want you to know the Lord is so patient with us. And I think that we all know that. But there comes a point in time in society and there comes a point in time in, in our life that finally there has to come a time of judgment. We don't, I don't even like talking about that. And I'm here to tell you today, when we talk about earthquakes and, and you know, I want you to be so careful when, when we talk about God's judgment because the Bible says at the end of time, that the earth, one scripture in all the Bible says the earth groans at the end of time. In other words, there's actual rumblings. In other words, there will be earthquakes. The earth is getting older and there, as we get closer to the end of time. So sometimes earthquakes are judgment and sometimes they aren't. I want you to know that I, I, it, I cringe when, I, when I'll, I'll turn the news on and all of a sudden there's a hurricane going through this area or, or a tr catastrophe in some other area and, you know, they get some preacher on somewhere and, oh, it's God's judgment. He's coming down and this is what happens when you do this or you do that. And I'm like, no, I don't know. You know. Wow. I, I, I want, we don't know that. We know it when God says it in his word. But we don't know all is what, is, what it happens in society and how it works. We just know when God says it and it happens and he says why it's going to happen, then we, know it's, then we know it's from the Lord. But I want you to be so careful because if we have that same attitude, I guarantee you that flows from you and me to family members, to people that we work with and other people, that same judgmental attitude. We got to be so careful so careful how we look at things. At the same time, we've got to realize God only lets things go on so long. And man, they're loving it. He's talking about, man, you know what? God's going to judge this nation, that nation. But then he goes further on. And we go up to chapter 2. I want to read verses 4 and 5. Then he turns and is when he's speaking and prophesying to all of, of the nation and especially to Judah, he says this in verse 4 of chapter 2, thus saith the Lord. Now notice now, he's yelling and speaking and, and talking to all those people that will listen to him. For three transgressions of Judah and for four, I will not turn away its punishment. There must have been quiet on all the people. And because they have despised the law of the Lord. Notice how different that is. 
When God judges other, other nations, it's different than when he, got, he judges his own people. Why? Because you and I, you know what? We know better. Do you ever have to, when your kids are younger or you got it when you were younger, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, you get in trouble, you know, you get whacked when you get at home or whatever's going to happen. And your parents say this, you knew better, right? You knew better than to do that, right? I, I brought you up different than that, right? All right. Well, this is what the Lord's saying. We know. We're here today. We are accountable. We know. We know better. And God's telling his people. It's different. We know better. And this is what he, he finishes saying. Because they have despised the law of the Lord and have not kept his commandments. Their lies lead them astray. Lies which their, follows, or their fathers followed. I will send a fire upon Judah and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem. All I can understand, you know, when there's an earthquake, he says a great earthquake is coming. And he, began, he was well known in the land two years later because that earthquake did come. And as hist history tells us, it, it, biblical history tells us it was an 8.2 magnitude earthquake. And they believed it started this way. Josephus, who was a great biblical historian, says this. That Uzziah, who was the king, took God for granted. And because he took God for granted, he took himself in the place of the priest. And he went into the holiest of holies, only the priest is supposed to go to. And Josephus says, as he went in and started to give a sacrifice, which only the priest is allowed to go into, it's a holy place before God in the Old Testament. The earth began to shake. And the Bible tells us in history that that is when that earthquake took place. It was so powerful that 200 years later in the Bible, it, is still, it was still talked about. Why? I ask myself, why, why did that happen? It's because God's people chose to worship their own way. He even said, you know what? I don't even listen to you in your own assemblies. And I, had, I started thinking this week about so many churches in America about what, what is happening? What, what's going on? There, there's no uh, talk about the whole Bible. In other words, we pick and choose today just all the good things that people want to hear as far as that makes everybody feel good, you know? And, and, and we don't want to talk about, listen, if you do this, these are the consequences. And one of the articles I was reading, how the word sin is so far not used in churches today. And all the different things that go along with how we need to understand who God is. Yes, he's a loving God. And we're going to look at in a minute what a gracious God that he is to all of us. But there comes a point in the time in all of our lives that, that God tells us, listen, I'm going to love you. I'm going to be with you. But there are consequences for whatever it is that, that all of us do. And I feel like I, I owe that to, especially in, in what we're living in today to where nothing is being said in the churches today about what's going on in society. I was listening to another guy and he said that 75% of churches today will not talk about the end times because it scares the congregation too much. Boo. <laughs> I mean, 
What is that about? I mean, listen, where are we here? What, what, if you and I look at society, what, what is going, you say to yourself, what is going on? You know, you look at each other, you say, did you see that on there? Yeah, I saw that. Can you believe that that's going on? We're headed somewhere. I, I want you to know, as we do from time to time, talk about the end times, that it is going to happen. And the Lord wants us to be aware of it today to get our focus on eternity. Now, when we think about eternity, what does the Lord want us to think about? God's word tells you and I today, he brought you here for a reason through that door, just to even hear, looking for the blessed hope of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You and I, no matter what we're living in today, we have hope. Why do we have hope? Let's look at a couple more verses. I want you to look up in the uh, New Testament in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, and I believe it's verse 8 we're going to look at. Romans chapter 5 in, um, let's see where we're at here. Yeah, I think it's verses 8 through 11. So, as I tell all of us, including myself from time to time, God is not sitting up in heaven, pouring, you know, who, out who's doing wrong, right, like a video game and throwing lightning bolts down from heaven on us. That's not who he is. Why do we have so much um, love and grace in the way that the Lord goes and looks at us today? It's not because of, you know, any blessing that you and I receive, we don't deserve. We, you know, the devil's right. When he comes at us and he accuses us, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve anything. But because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us, the Lord blesses us. I, look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, and let's see why we can, we can rest in his grace today. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more, notice, not just a little, not just some, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For, in, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, there is those two words again, much more have been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ at whom we have now received the reconciliation. Did you think about this week about your salvation and about how that the Lord has somehow, some way, if you're here and you know Jesus is your Savior, Maybe maybe was a kid in Sunday school or at vacation Bible school or at church camp or whatever it might be. I don't know. Or you heard the message listening in a radio and you knew that, that God was speaking to you and his spirit. And you prayed that prayer and you said, Jesus, I, I, I know who you are, that you're God's son. And you shed your blood on the cross. And I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me of all my sins. And he does. 
You know, it's so amazing that you and I have this, this incredible faith that, that he's given us that you can go to anybody that you know, relative, friend, or family, and the Lord is willing to, to save anyone. There's, there's not one exception. And the reason being, because he looks at all of us through his son and what Jesus did on the cross. And here's what's so great. Once we accept him as our savior... It's amazing how we look at other people, and if we're willing to, and, it, and, it, and it's hard sometimes, but if we're willing to, how we have that spirit that we've received of reconciliation. Now, here's where it gets difficult. All of us have people in our life that, if you will and can say this, that have created earthquakes, that have caused some major disaster and there's a gaping hole there and a, and, a, and a line that's been just completely broken up through. Nothing that you can do with them. That's true. But you know what you and I can do? We can know that we have settled this because God has been able to do why we were yet sinners so why that person is still a sinner because of what Jesus did for me, I'm going to be like, doesn't mean you have to be around him. You know, that person might already have passed away. That person might not even be here anymore. But there still might be something that you're holding on to. You know, I was reading about, uh, uh, I think her name is Beth Chapman, the, uh, the bounty hunter, the dog Chapman and his wife, and she just died of cancer. Well, they're believers and they're Christians. And, and it was interesting that I believe it was her daughter-in-law, um, one of her relatives she was very close with, that she talked about how that before she had died, they were able to reconcile and how that it was so important to both of them. And more than any, just about more than anything else, she had a couple of things, but here she is getting ready to die and she talks about this how important that that was. Now, I'm here to tell you today that things might not be the same with them or, or they might, you might not even be, see a change with them, but there's a change with you. There's a change with me. There's a, there's a change with us. That, that what does the Bible tell us that we're actually in this, this prison of ourself when we have this bitterness or this bondage? And the Lord is saying, Recon reconcile with that person because of what Jesus did. Whether or not they want it or not, you're doing it for you because of what Jesus has done. And, man, when we do that, Here's what, here's what happens. I've had other people. I, this, is, this is such a true testimony. So many times people have told me this. You know, Dallas, it's amazing. When I did that, something happened at work. Something happened with my other family. I know things start going better at work. I started getting these promotions. Things. I mean, my, fam, my kids, all of a sudden, everything was kind of flowing together. Whether or not it was right with that other person or not, and whether or not they accepted your reconciliation, now that you have that freedom that you're living in, God blesses your life. Now, here's, we're going to close them up, but here's what I want you to get. 
when that great earthquake comes through, you know what? It takes years to rebuild, which it did. They said it took years to rebuild the city of Jerusalem and I'm sure all the thousands of people that died. It was so great. They just called it the great earthquake and they talked about it 200 years later. Can you imagine how long it took to, to bring things back together? So here's what I want you to get at. And here's where it gets difficult. You, you might have to do it. You might have to do it, not, not with them, but you might have to do it again and again with yourself because you've been hurt so much. The Lord's not going to bring it up. The devil's going to keep bringing it up again and again and again. And you're going to have to know that, all right, there it is again. And there's all this damage that's been done and occurred. Lord, I, I've given it to you. And Lord, I, I got to give it to you again. <laughs> and I got to give it to you again. And I got to give it to you again. The Lord will give you the grace to do that. All you got to do is ask him. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Man, we, we, we've got it. What, what do we have? What are we going to close with? What, what do we have that the Lord's given us today? Well, it's our theme verse for our church if you're visiting here. In Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. In other words, through Jesus Christ that we know we can have eternity, but we know through the sin of Adam, we were born into sin. Much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. You know how, you, you know how that reconciliation takes place? You know how the, the things that happen and everything goes better in our life? It's not on you and me. It's not by our own power. It's through the one, Jesus Christ. And all I am is just a messenger here to tell you today that all of us have people, all of us have something that has caused that earthquake. And it might take a while to repair it, but the Lord wants you to know today that once he saved us, God's word tells us that we are a new creature, a new person in him, brand new. Once we are in that position as a believer, then we have the responsibility to look at other people the way Jesus looked at us. And it might get difficult and there might be such a, a chasm there or schasm or whatever you want to call it that it's so wide that you don't think that you can get across that. But the bridge of Jesus can cross anything. And so I just want you to know today that through Jesus, not through you, not through what you're going to try and do, not through who you are and where you made it in life, through Jesus, you and I will reign in life. And mainly what he's telling us that through his grace, through forgiveness, and through love, whatever earthquake the devil has thrown in our life, whatever has happened, and we don't understand the way things happen. Is this the Lord? Is this the devil? I don't know. I don't have, I'm here to tell you a lot of times, I don't have all the answers. But I know this. 
I know when you turn your life over to Jesus, and I know whether it's in your marriage or at work or with people that you grew up with or whoever it might be, I know this, that through Jesus Christ, he wants us to reign in life. In other words, he wants you and I to have victory in every area of our life. There's not one area that we can't win in because Jesus does it. Let's pray. You know, as our heads are bowed and we don't completely understand God's judgment, we don't understand where our society is today and what's happening in the world, but, but you know, the New Testament tells us God's word that, that God sent his only begotten son for you and for me. So one, that we could have eternal life in heaven. And second, so we can reign in life. That's why you're here today. You want peace and joy and you want answers for what, what you're facing. And I want you to know that his word is there to guide you, to direct you. And you know what? Through those difficult times to give you peace. He is the God of all comfort and he is the Prince of Peace. And whatever you need today, in the quietness of this time right now, just say, Lord, I'm here. I know what you've done for me. And uh, Lord, take whatever it is. It might be fear. It might be another person. I don't know what it is. But I know this, that you can reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. You say, Dallas, I know I've got some problems, this and that, and you fill in a blank. Yeah, yeah, we all do. But by his grace, by his grace, Jesus will say, you know what? I'm here. I'm here for it. I'll help you. You get through. No matter what earthquakes happen, no matter what's happened in your life, no matter how long you think it might take to fix, that uh, I'm here. Jesus is here. And he's not going anywhere. He loves you. He cares for you. And he's got a plan just for you. Father, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, we, we ask you, Lord, uh, or as we always do every week, Lord, if there's someone here that needs to accept you today, it's been leads us, may they come forward. I can show them in your word how no matter what it is that you've forgiven them, and you will let them walk in the newness of your life, cleansed, forgiven. So, Lord, we ask you today, if there's someone here today that needs to accept you, is we give this what is called an invitation. We invite someone. Step out, walk forward, and I will pray with them, and they can find heaven as their home. Jesus, you have this incredible life for them. We ask it in your name. Amen.